Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Pretend glass today. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. That's me, mysterious voice man. 2-1 Boston leading Columbus. 7-10 left in the second period. Raptors trail the 76ers 52-44. Three and a half minutes left in the first half. Kelly McCrimmon, now the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, gets bumped up from assistant general manager. George McPhee will stay around as the president of hockey operations, so cross McCrimmon's name off the list of possibilities for your Edmonton Oilers. Caleb Reimer is the Edmonton Oil Kings' first-round pick of the WHL Bantam Draft. He goes 18th overall, six foot two, 180 pounds. He's a center, played for the uh, Delta Hockey Academy this past season. 18 goals, 27 assists in 30 games. Uh, first overall, by the way, was St. Albert's Matthew Savoy to the now Winnipeg Ice, formerly the uh, Kootenai Ice, moving to Winnipeg. They're going to Winnipeg. It's Morley Scott joins me. Further, you got to go even further uh, east on that bus trip now, eh? Yeah. You did Giants play-by-play. I did. did, I did. And did they? No, sometimes they wouldn't play that division on the road, right? Yeah, the year I did it, we did go to Brandon. Yeah. We did go to Brandon. That was the year the Memorial Cup was in Brandon. And you, did you stop everywhere along the way? Or was uh, it, yes, we did, uh, we did a Saskatchewan swing, and it went uh, Regina, Saskatoon, Regina, Prince Albert, uh, and then over to uh, Brandon, mm-hmm. and then to Swifty. On the way and, back. And we ended it in Swift. That, that's uh, Actually, that was the evening before the gold medal game at the 2010 Olympics. And we had it was the longest bus ride of my life, Reed. We left. <laughs> we, we went for, as we normally did, we went for a meal after the game at a pizza place. Uh, had some pizza. Got on the bus probably around midnight in Swift Current and traveled all night long. Got to Calgary. And went to the airport in Calgary, and we thought, oh, we're going to fly home. No, we're getting a new bus driver because uh, <laughs> too far for the old one to drive. So uh, we got a new bus driver at the airport, kept driving, uh, pulled into Kamloops for breakfast, and uh, actually we ended up uh, getting to uh, the practice facility in uh, Vancouver, which is in Ladner, B.C., uh, just as the third period was starting in the gold medal game. Wow. So we went all night, all morning, and most of the afternoon, and then I got in my car, raced home, got home in time to watch the uh, overtime game. Well, the thing that sticks out for me about your story there is that you had a post-game meal, but I know with you, you probably also had a pre-game meal and a yep. couple during the game as well. Absolutely. <laughs> 
That's why we have to break them down pre-game, post-game, yeah. in-game, right? right. The, the you know. in-game meal. Where's, where's Morley? Oh, he's just having the in-game meal. <laughs> the in-game meal. He'll, he'll be, he'll be the right back. In-game meal. So yeah. that was, that was, that's the heck of a bus ride. It was. Yeah, it was. That was the longest one of my time there. Everyone said you hate the bus. I liked the bus, actually. I didn't mind the bus at all because we had a lot of fun on the bus or you had a lot of quiet time on the bus. I watched every episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> that year on the bus. Every single episode released on the bus that year. Wow. All right. Uh, Morley Scott here at Commonwealth Stadium as we uh, follow along with the CFL draft. and We talk about some other things as well. Uh, Red Kelly passed away yeah. at the age of 91. He won eight Stanley Cups in a 20-season career, including four with the Maple Leafs, including their last one in 1967. My memories of Red Kelly were as a coach. Uh, Didn't he do pyramid power? Yes. And uh, positive ions the next year. But he had pyramid power, and uh, Daryl Sittler ended up trying it out before a game, and he stuck his sticks underneath the pyramid for overnight into the pre into the game the next scored five goals that night against Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> so the, everyone became an uh, an instant believer in pyramid power. One of the all-time greats for sure. And just I'm just going over the notes here. He was uh, a member of parliament as well mm-hmm. while he was playing. Really? Oh, I never knew well, that. That's what it says here with the years. Moonlighted as a politician, elected Liberal MP for the Toronto riding of York West in 62 and again in 63 and he was playing through the 60s. Wow. Man. Must have been tough because hockey players are very popular mm-hmm. and politicians, politicians are, are not. So yes. When he made an appearance, fans were always saying, okay, are you showing up as a hockey player or a politician? The, we have to know the how best to thing is when he traveled, he got two per diems. <laughs> that's good. One from the hockey team, one from the government. That's, that's a good point. Also, uh, Peter Mayhew died. Played Chewbacca. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw that in there. We often talk about Star Wars on Inside Sports. Oh, really? I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. You're, you're <laughs> Have you seen that? Uh, what's that movie out now? What's it called? I've not seen Endgame. I'm going Endgame? next. I'm going a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow? Yeah. I don't know. Have it's a long gone? movie, eh? You have to yeah. like prep for that and like stop drinking two days yeah, before well, yeah, so that you don't have to go pee during the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to see it a week from tomorrow. Then it ends the following Friday. <laughs> there you go. My, uh, my daughter's been to it twice already. So. Oh, wow. Second that, time that she's good, disappointed because eh? she had some spoilers, so she didn't enjoy it as much. <laughs> so she didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely I will go. Well, you sure. enjoy that. But I, I'm going... That's the one where he's a wizard, right? And he goes to Hogwarts? Uh, sure, Morley. Yes, that's the one. That's exactly the one. All right. <laughs> uh, where, where are we now? Five minutes left in the second period. Boston up 2-1 in Columbus. Boston also on a power play. All right, so the Eskimos have taken Matthew Betts, defensive lineman, third overall in the uh, CFL draft tonight. Uh, Can- a Canadian John Chick in his prime. That's a heck of a quote from Brock Sunderland. Certainly is. But will he play in the Canadian Football League? That's the big question mark. Well, John Chick played in the NFL for a while in his prime, so maybe that's what he meant. I don't know. That's the big question. Uh, he's already signed a he signed a three year contract with the Chicago Bears, but you know what football contracts are like, right? They're just uh, they're three years until you get cut the day after tomorrow, right? Right. Um, so we'll see how he does. He'll be going to their uh, he, he's at their camps now. I understand. In fact, they're, we're trying to get a hold of him. I think and, he's in and, meetings. And right Cliff now. said he's in meetings right now, so he can't uh, he can't talk right now. Uh, I think that's the last thing he wants to talk about is coming to Edmonton. Though, when you're in the Chicago Bears camp, right? Uh, but still, I remember having the same conversation with Tavon Smith a couple of years ago when he was in. 
uh, camp with the Indianapolis Colts when we talked to him on draft night when the uh, Eskimos took him in the draft. So, yeah, he's he's uh, he's the package. I mean, you heard Brock Sunderland before the news. You'll hear Jason Moss come up say the same thing. He's he's the real deal. He does everything really well. Uh, great motor, really quick. I watched some video of him this afternoon, and he just gets to the quarterback. He just gets to the quarterback. And, uh, and the word was that a lot of the D linemen on his team in Lavelle lost a lot of sacks because they're just about to make the sack and out of nowhere comes bets to get it right he just gets to the quarterback so uh it'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh good player though for sure good player and uh how long do we have to wait to see him that's the question do we get to see him that's another part of the question Well, who are some of the eskimos draft picks that never came or haven't, and not because they uh, weren't good enough for well, uh, So Justin Senior, we were Austin talking about Pastor Austin is Pastor, is, he's, he's the most famous. Is he still one. playing in the NFL? Uh, yes, yes, he is. He's, he's the most played famous for, what, one. Two or three teams. Because, now, yes, he has. He's moved around. He's the most famous one because he was the first round pick that the Eskimos got from Toronto for Ricky Ray in right. the Ricky Ray trade, along with with Grant Shaw and uh, Stephen Giles. So. Uh, yeah, he's still out there. Maybe we'll get a chance. Maybe the trade will work out after all if he ever comes back. I don't know. Um, he and rumor has it he was here. He was in Edmonton too that season in twenty either twenty twelve or twenty yeah twenty twelve. He was here near the end of twenty twelve and was about to sign a contract. And somebody in Jacksonville broke their thumb or something, and he, the Jaguars called and put him on the practice roster, and he left Edmonton without signing the contract. So um, yeah, uh, the other one is uh, Steph Charles. Oh, right. Who was uh, the Eskimos' first pick in the second round. They didn't have a first-round pick that year. And uh, he has uh, been around on a couple of NFL teams, most notably the Buffalo Bills. And I believe he's unemployed right now because he was a member of the uh, Alliance Football League or American Alliance, whatever whatever they called it, the AAF. So, so Pastor, he's been bouncing around a little bit lately. But he had, yeah, a he's long played, He's played like Jackson. 30 games or something. Just signed with Tennessee in December. There you go. So he's now 28. So would he ever come here? Yeah, it's getting it's getting too late. It's getting too late, possibly. I mean, if this if he doesn't come this year or next year, you get a couple of years out of him. But, I mean, those guys can, I mean, some old linemen can play. And the one thing about him, he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. He's played some games, but he has not been playing. He's not been an every game guy in the six years that he's been in the NFL. So. All right. And well, uh, you might have enough money to say, I don't need to bang my head around anymore. I can just uh, retire and live comfortably. So. All right. All right. So we got our uh, second round pick coming up right away. Where are we? Got too many uh, Eskimos are coming up. Third in the first round, fourth in the second round. Hamilton's on the clock right now, then the Eskimos. All right. All right. Let's hear from Edmonton Eskimos head coach Jason Moss on first-round pick Matthew Betts. He was the number one guy on our board. Um, all the film study that we did on him, he's powerful. He's speed to power. He gets around the edge. He gets to the quarterback. He's athletic. Um, there's a lot of special qualities about him. Um, I don't think there's anything not to like about the guy. Uh, you might have to wait for him for a bit. Um, you know, that's always a risk. But tell me about, obviously, you have Bo Tang as your starter. And tell me how comfortable you are with the depth behind him that you, you, know, you can afford to wait. Yeah, I mean, last year. Mark Mackey came in and he made plays for us and he plays inside, he plays outside you know, we signed Andrew Marshall as a CFL vet who's, you know been a guy on special teams, but he's also when he's ever had to play, he's been able to do it. So, and Gab Bagnell, we we drafted last year. So, and draft's not over either. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at that. But uh, Kwaku's had a, you know, a, a done a good job in his career staying healthy as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking for depth, and we're hoping Betts comes here at some point. We realize there is the risk that he may not show up this year, but um, if he does, we've, we've got the two guys uh, that you're targeting. 
Do you feel your Canadian content is as as good as it is? You can take not a chance, but you can take the risk that you have to wait for them. Yeah, and I think what we have is we have racial flexibility on our team. We can start a number of Canadians on a number of different spots. So it depends on kind of how we want to play it out and how the rest of this draft plays out. But I think anytime you're looking at a player of Betts' uh, caliber at the three spot you know, available to you and you feel like you can wait, I think you have to take it. I mean, uh, he's a he's a transcendent player. Uh, you don't see those guys every year. So, you know, I think the way our roster shakes out, like I said, just with the fact that we can play Canadians in different spots, I think you go ahead and, and, and wait. Does that cause a lot of conversation over there when your pick comes up because you know you can do this or you can do that and if this guy's available, we can do that? Yeah, I mean, we, we went through a ton, a ton of different scenarios. We had the third pick, so there could have been a lot of different uh, scenarios that happened before us. You know, so, um, you know, but once those other two picks were made, we felt very confident. I, I don't think there was much hesitation at all uh, to take him. So, you know, he's, like I said, when you get him here, I think he'll, we'll all realize what we got. But uh, in the meantime, you know, we're happy where we are as a team and we're just looking to get stronger as the draft goes on. All right, there's a, a little bit from Eskimos head coach Jason Moss on Matthew Betts, Morley, third overall defensive lineman and, at Laval. And he's a guy, if you look back over his career, he has collected a lot of uh, a lot of hardware in his career. First off, he's a two-time Vanier Cup champion. It mm-hmm. never hurts to get a guy who knows how to win. He is a three-time winner of the J.P. Metris Trophy. You know what that's for? I do not. Uh, I didn't either until I uh, looked it up on Wikipedia. It is uh, for the best down lineman in U Sports. Oh, cool. He's won it three straight seasons, uh, which is pretty impressive. And also, he is the U Sports Male Athlete of the Year for 2018. So he's uh, he comes with uh, a quite the resume. So... We'll see when we get to read that resume in person, if uh, if it is uh, any time this season or if it's next year. Morley, thanks for dropping by. We, Pleasure, uh, we may or may not talk to you again before 8 o'clock. All right. I- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I appreciate it. Eskimos are on the clock, so we should have that pick when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Now, after two periods, Boston leading Columbus 2-1. Sharks and Avalanche coming up at 8 o'clock. Last few seconds of the first half in Philadelphia, 76ers leading the Raptors 64-52 in Game 3 of their best of seven. The series is tied 1-1. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins live at Commonwealth Stadium as we uh, keep you updated on the CFL draft. The Eskimos are on the clock for the 12th overall pick. We will uh, get that pick to you as soon as it comes in. They took Matthew Betts, much ballyhooed defensive lineman out of uh, Laval, third overall in the first round. Kellen Kennedy back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound this evening. Kellen, old boy, how's it going? 
Oh, it's going well, going well. How about you, Reid? Good, good. Uh, thanks for uh, helping us uh, hook up along with Angie Quinnell, our engineer here at Commonwealth tonight. The stadium's looking good, Kellen. I'm, I'm uh, in the end zone. Well, not in the end zone. I'm behind the end zone. Uh, I'm indoors. Little, uh, little windy out, but the stadium's looking great. I hopefully the season isn't delayed by any uh, labor stoppage or nonsense of uh, of that sort. So we will uh, we'll keep you posted on that as we move along. As for the Edmonton Oilers general manager search, Kelly McCrimmon, out of the picture as they have promoted McCrimmon to GM from assistant GM, George McPhee, sticking around as president of hockey operations. Uh, of course, McCrimmon, who'd been with the Brandon Wheat Kings for several years, had been the top assistant since August of 2016. That was a year before the team was even on the ice. So McCrimmon will take over the as the day-to-day contact for trades, all the other kind of stuff. Of course, Vegas reached the Stanley Cup final in their first season, made the playoffs this year, suffered that shattering loss to the uh, San Jose Sharks in Game 7 overtime of the first round. So we uh, continue to wait for an Edmonton Oilers general manager. We may have one maybe by the the middle of the month. Mark Hunter's name is still out there. Keith Gretzkin, internal candidate. Ken Holland's name seemed to co- uh, seems to come uh, in and out. I mean, he has, he has said he's going to stay with Detroit, but you know, he, he may look for, for some other opportunities. Steve Eiserman did go into Detroit as the general manager. Sean Burke's name has been circling around, maybe not as a general manager, but in some other front office role. Uh, I, I just know this, that I think most of the Oilers fan base are going to assume that the Oilers make the wrong choice because of how hurt they've been over the past decade and a half specifically, and by how many decisions uh, made by the Edmonton Oilers in a variety of capacities have not worked out for the better. I mean, some have, but most haven't. And that's why they've been in the situation that they're in. The, for the new general manager, he's, he's going to be in a very tough spot. There are some undesirable contracts on the team that are very difficult, if not near impossible, to jettison. And, uh, you know, I think the goaltending's a big question mark. Now, you do have some pretty high-end players, two of the top four scorers in the league last year, to uh, to build around. But there, there's a lot of building that that needs to be done. I, I mentioned the goal. T- I, you know, somebody somebody said to me that the Oilers should buy out Miko Koskinen, and I have trouble putting up a large objection to that argument. I, I, mean, I mean, other than that, you just signed him. Well, the current whoever the new GM won't won't have signed him. The previous GM signed him and so then you'd have him on the books for for six years paying him not to play for you but is he a you know a true number one goaltender in the NHL overall he he didn't really look like it he looked like a below average NHL goaltender some nights he was pretty good so anyway the new general manager comes in with a lot of problems but here's the thing whoever it is it's his first day is day, day one he can't go back and repair things, and he certainly shouldn't have to apologize for things that that were done before he got here. But but he's going to have quite a bit to straighten out, and most importantly, he's going to have to hire a coach because that's the guy dealing with the players on a day-to-day level. Um, the Oilers changed coaches last year. Look, I, I get asked this all the time, and people say, well, isn't Hitch the coach? Technically, Hitch is the coach. Hitch will not be the coach. I, I don't know how... I mean, I, I've said that to some people, and they've acted surprised. I don't know how much more blunt to be. Hitch will not be the coach. 
like if, if Hitch is the coach, then you can whatever question everything I say from here to eternity. Hitch will not be the coach. Like let's not fool ourselves that somehow it went well with Hitch because it didn't. It it didn't. It went well for three weeks. Overall, it didn't go well with Hitch, and I don't think he's going to be missed by most of the players. So keep that in mind as well. Just a little bit of information there. But anyway, uh, we continue to count down towards the the inevitable hiring of whoever is going to be the Edmonton Oilers' next general manager. It will not be Kelly McCrimmon. In the next half hour, oh, I forgot to mention too, Caitlin Osmond, friend of Inside Sports. In fact, she co-hosted the show with me just before Christmas, has retired from competitive figure skating. She won last year's world title in Italy and also a couple of uh, Olympic medals in Pyeongchang. She's only 23, of course, originally from Newfoundland, been living in the Edmonton area for the last few years. Uh, First women's world title for a Canadian in 45 years. Now, she was taking this season off to evaluate her future plans, and they do not include competitive skating. So we'll be getting Caitlin on Inside Sports in the days to come, I'm sure. Kelly Rudy, who I uh, talked to this afternoon, we'll get to that interview when we get back, and uh, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with the draft, the Eskimos have taken offensive lineman Kyle Saxelid out of UNLV, 12th overall. So they get a D lineman in the first round, O lineman in the second round. And we'll also introduce you to some uh, technology helping to measure blows to the head in football. Pretty uh, cool stuff being done here by Riddell. That's all coming up inside Sports on 630 Chet. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Third period coming up. Boston leading Columbus 2-1 in the NBA playoffs. Meanwhile, the Raptors trailing the 76ers 64-53 at halftime. The Edmonton Eskimos taking Matthew Betts, defensive lineman out of Laval. Third overall in the CFL draft. With their next pick, 12th overall, they have taken offensive lineman Kyle Saxelid. And he is one of these guys, you know, he had, he had never been in Canada until the CFL Combine. Just reading an article Chris O'Leary wrote about him on CFL.ca. He uh, is from Elk Grove, California. Six foot seven, two hundred and ninety pound offensive tackle. So his mother was born in New Brunswick, adopted at birth, and moved to the United States. So that is how he uh, qualifies as uh, as a Canadian for the purpose of the Canadian Football League. So uh, he is the Eskimos' second selection tonight. We're keeping you posted here live from Commonwealth Stadium. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is seven thirty-five. Of course, Kelly Rudy is our weekly guest on Inside Sports. He is currently working the broadcast of the game tonight between the Bruins and Blue Jackets, so I uh, taped this with them this afternoon. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? You know what, Reed? I'm doing much better. Thanks for asking. I uh, you know, missed my first ever show, first ever broadcast because of illness on Tuesday, so um, I knew I had to do it because I had the flu and I was feeling terrible and I didn't want to spread it to anybody else, but I, I, I was surprised by the amount of guilt that I felt knowing that uh, my streak of 20-some years of uh, being a broadcaster and not being able to uh, 
make a show was quite disappointed. I was surprised by my reaction. I thought that I'd be okay. Well, you know what? It, it happens to everybody. It has to. And uh, yet I felt uh, awfully guilty when I had to call work and say I can't make it in. Well, I know that's not a good feeling. And uh, I, I haven't been, uh, I don't have a streak like 20 years of doing uh, the Oilers broadcast. I've, I've done the last six years. I missed one game due to illness. And it was the game when McDavid came back from his collarbone injury against Columbus in his rookie year and scored that spectacular goal. And I I tried, but I just couldn't go. And I was actually, I actually was getting IV while the game was going on. That's how dehydrated I was. So it was was probably good I wasn't there, but I I missed seeing that goal goal in person. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen sometimes. Hey, you were quite the sensation on... On Twitter last night. Now this was this was during Inside Sports, so I didn't hear this, okay. and I still haven't heard it. But I all of a sudden see all these tweets, and most people were pretty good natured about it. What the heck? Oh, totally. did, what the heck did you accidentally call Sebastian Aho? Or can you even repeat it? I can't. I said instead of Aho, I said Aho. <laughs> Just even repeating it right now because I it was so funny. I was gonna compliment Jerry Galley on something that he is talking about with. Uh, Aho, and and I started my sentence, and then I said his last name incorrectly, and I knew it was wrong, but it, it, in my ear it sounded weird, and so I looked over at Ron McLean, and and he corrected me, but then I glanced over at Elliot and Nick, and they're starting to lose their, you know what, they're laughing so hard. Ron starts laughing, I start killing myself laughing, and I was supposed to talk about uh, Sebastian Aho being this great defensive player while not getting points, and that's why you can live with it. You know, and then I couldn't even make my points about his defensive play. I was laughing too hard, and oh my gosh, you know, I learned that quality, I guess, from Ron McLean many, many years ago. If you make a mistake, just laugh at it. And of course, you don't want to do it every single night because you have to be a professional and you're supposed to know your stuff and, and get it right. But you know, once in a while, and uh, it's a grind anyways here in the studio virtually every single night for, for two months, you will make silly little mistakes and have some fun with it. And like you said, people on social media I thought were awesome. They were uh, uh, laughing along with me and and, uh, you know, it was it was a fun night. Well, that's that's pretty funny, and yeah, that's all you can do is is roll with it. But it, but that I mean, that's a great transition, Carolina. I mean, wow, game seven right? overtime could could have been out, and now they're yep. win away with well, the home game next of going to the conference final, and that was I, that was one of those teams going into the postseason. I would have thought like, okay, whatever, one of the weaker teams to get in, uh, probably going to be in the yep. final four now. Yeah, and uh, in all likelihood will. And if you watched their game uh, last night, the last, I think it was 16 minutes and 49 seconds, they allowed the Islanders two shots on goal, and both were harmless. And and that's how well they played. They, I mean, they were absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you look at that team now and the way in which they're coached, like their coach, uh, Rod Brindamore, has done a wonderful job making him play uh, extremely hard in all three zones. Uh, they're getting great goaltending. I just love the way in which their defense core, though, they've really matured. They're, they're excellent. They're great at moving the puck. They play pretty darn hard, but their greatest skill is moving the puck and getting up on the rush. And, uh, you know, that team has just been really fun to watch. I never thought I'd be saying that uh, maybe last December. 
Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports as he does every week. Okay, last night the other game, Dallas and St. Louis, and uh, some shenanigans involving the goaltenders. There was the the David Perron slash on Ben Bishop. Boy, he was hot about that. Binnington yep. got into a little mix up at the end of the uh, at the end of the second period, and then kind of bolted out of his crease once uh, once some of his teammates uh, got involved. Uh, look, I mean, you played the position. You know, you know, guys will try to get you off your game. You know, what do you? think was uh, was going on there I mean Perron obviously knew he was you know crossing the line and agitating yeah. and Bishop clearly uh, didn't like it yeah you know what though I, I have uh, a lot of respect for David Perron and the way he plays and he knows he has to be a bit of an agitator at times and uh, so he took it upon himself his team was really lethargic yesterday and uh, I think they were down 3-1 when he first got involved with uh, Bishop and he didn't really do anything uh, much. He just sort of made his presence known, sort of uh, spun into him, pushed Bishop a little bit, and then there was a whistle in, in Bishop's own zone seconds later, and Bishop sort of hooked his leg and sort of uh, sent a message back, like, I know it's you, I know you're here, I know what you're trying to do, and it's not going to work. But what really grabbed my attention was the slash to uh, the back of Bishop uh, late in the second period. That was uncalled for. And by the way, I have no idea why that was not called a penalty. Um, Elliot Friedman said on the broadcast last night that maybe uh, because he has a bit of a reputation, Bishop, for being a diver and, and so on. But I hope that's not the case because you just can't not call a, a slash simply because based on the guy's reputation. Um, but anyways, the period ended where Jamie Ben went down to the other end and sort of just speared uh, Bennington a little bit. Bennington retaliated, took a double minor uh, to Ben's uh, minor penalty, and then it really blew up at the end of the period, as you mentioned. So Bennington came out of his net going towards the gate and down the tunnel, and he went after Bishop. He slashed him. He gave him a good whack. And so uh, I'm now moving forward for tomorrow's game. I'm thinking, wow, I wonder if there's going to be any carryover. Bennington is is a bit of a hothead. Like, he challenged uh, the Dallas Stars minor team, uh, their challenger bench, earlier this year when he was playing in the minors. And so we'll see if he's uh, composed enough to move beyond it because, uh, yeah, it, the series is really heating up in a good way. All right, and speaking of agitating, Brad Marchand, I guess he's improved because a year ago we were talking about him licking guys. Uh, right. So maybe the little punch to the – well, I mean, look, I, I know that's not an improvement or a good thing to us, to Scott Harrington. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he just – he, he keeps doing it. Uh, it seems he never does quite enough to, to get a suspension or, or a really big punishment, but, but you wonder when they're going to say, okay, Brad, all these little things have, have added up. Well, I think that's tonight. Uh, you know, I just really feel that uh, uh, the message that Gary Bettman said last night when he was uh, interviewed after uh, the proceedings yesterday that he had to go through, and uh, he said something like it, it should have been a penalty, doesn't uh, uh, warrant a suspension, but he did say that he's been warned, and Bettman had a really stern face on when he mentioned it. His coach last night mentioned the same thing, that uh, we've talked to him and, uh, you know, all eyes are going to be on him today with the officials. And there's no question to me that he's going to have to ramp it up. He's got to play it to the level he can, but he can't even get close to the line tonight for for that other kind of stuff because, uh, like I said, he is he's on thin ice right now with the officials. 
Um, do you think? I mean, it's a playoff game. Even in the regular season, we don't see a lot of anything happen. But can Columbus try to do anything? Will they try to do anything? Uh, I don't think so. I think Columbus is playing so well that they don't need to get involved in that kind of stuff. Like It's a really physical series anyways, and I think to a certain degree Columbus has an advantage in that area. So I would just prefer that they just continue to take the, the body on everybody and, and not get involved in that sideshow stuff because right now it's working. Uh, they're playing extremely well. Uh, and so uh, that other kind of stuff I think would drag Bossy back into the series, and Columbus doesn't need to do that all right kelly always fun to watch thanks for checking in tonight man we'll talk to you next week you got it thanks pal that is kelly rudy from the nhl on rogers former goaltender in league boston leading columbus 2-1 16 and a half minutes left in the third period reed wilkins joining you live from commonwealth stadium for inside sports we're also keeping an eye on the cfl draft and i'm pleased to be joined by the man who just a few minutes ago the edmonton eskimos took 12th overall in the second round offensive lineman kyle saxelet kyle you're on with reed welcome to 6:30, chet welcome to the edmonton eskimos how are you doing I'm doing, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, I'm glad you sound excited. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about uh, to finding out the Eskimos picture here. Oh, well, yeah, I'll sit on my couch having some burgers with the family. Everyone's over. It's also my Nana's birthday today, so, you know, celebrating all of that. So there's two cakes. I like that part. Um, and, you know, we're just watching the tracker, watching the feed. I get a, get a call from... Uh, area code alberta and i'm like oh boy here we go and next thing you know we see it on the live tracker we hear my name called up there have a long talk on the phone and then next thing you know my ears are ringing because everyone's screaming and everything (laughs) well that's that sounds exciting i'm glad you get to be with your your family uh so you've played at uh you've played at unlv tell me a little bit about your uh, experience here in the ncaa uh, you know, it was great. I got to go up against some top-tier talent. I mean, I played played against guys who just went in the draft, uh, Joey Bo- uh, Bosa for one of them, uh, you know, and I got to travel around the states and just, just great competition all the way around. Got to learn from some great coaches in my time, get a good education. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's everything I could have asked for. Tell me a little bit about uh, being Canadian, because I, I, I understand you actually hadn't been in Canada until you came for the combine. Is that true? Uh, that is true. I uh, have. I found out I was Canadian uh, after the fact because I was like, "Oh well, the NFL wasn't really looking like it's going to work out." CFL, and then start talking to some teams. Actually, uh, Edmonton was one of the first teams I talked to about it, and they were like, "Dude, you're Canadian. Get your citizenship. You can go in the draft." So um, I, you know, talked to my mom because she was born there. And next thing you know, we did some paperwork, paid paid a little bit of uh, fees, and a couple months later, I got my certificate saying I'm a citizen. Now, where'd you grow up? I grew. I was born and raised in California. And was football always the first number one sport for you? Uh, I didn't really play a lot of sports growing up. I, you know, played some rec league soccer and things like that. And then when I got into high school, the football coaches just talked to me first, and it just kind of happened, you know. And I grew to love it as I kept playing. <laughs> okay, well, it, tur- it turned out pretty well. Uh, six foot seven, about three hundred pounds. Is that what you're tipping in that now? I uh, this morning I was three hundred eight point four seven pounds, so a little bit heavier than what they had on the TV there. Okay. Um... Were you always a big guy, or did you? When was your growth spurt? 
Uh, I was always a tall guy. Uh, you know, I came into high school like 6'2", finished around 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, uh, and kind of stayed there throughout college. But the weight has been what, you know, the keeping me down kind of thing. I was uh, very skinny in high school and uh, put on weight throughout college and only up until the last year or so have I been, uh, you know, professional level weight. And only in the last year have I been over 300. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your style uh, as as a lineman. Maybe give us maybe a, a scouting report of yourself, if you can. And is there a position that you prefer playing? Uh, I prefer playing any position that is on the field. Okay. And <laughs> I uh, <laughs> you like that one, right? That's a good I, one. Um, I, uh, I, I, my style, I'm more of a technician I, is how I would like to say it. Uh, you know, we always had our grading systems and, you know, you, you, uh, we, we uh, you know, count sacks and things like that. I was never the um, biggest guy to get pancakes on my team, but I was always the highest grading out offensive player. I do my job. I get it done the right way, and I make very few mistakes. Okay. Well, again, congratulations. I, I guess – but what's next? You got to make some plans here to get up uh, to Edmonton in the next week or two, I suppose. I'm going to make plans to get up there as soon as I can. I want to. I want. I want to be up there and experience that air. Okay. Well, there was snow on the ground when I woke up this morning. I hate to tell you that, Kyle, but by the time you get here, I'm it'll all about be much the cold warmer. weather. Oh, good man. We love to hear that. I, 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 I'm born in California. Went to school in Vegas. I hate the heat. If it's above 60 degrees, not really a fan. Okay, well, that's good to know. That's good to know. You're going to fit in very well here. Hey, Kyle, again, congratulations. Love the energy you have tonight. Good for you, man. Enjoy the day. Thank you very much. I, I will be sure to enjoy it. That is Kyle Saxelet checking in, uh, celebrating with his family tonight and his Nana's birthday as well as he is drafted by the Edmonton Eskimos 12th overall offensive lineman. Oh, I should have jotted that down. I think he said 308.47 pounds, six foot seven, when he uh, woke up this morning. Offensive lineman said he'll play anywhere, uh, probably projected here uh, as an offensive tackle, but another name to follow. And in the first round, the Eskimos took defensive lineman Matthew Betts out of Laval. It is 7:50. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're live at Commonwealth Stadium. Final look at the scoreboard when we get back to Inside Sports. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Appreciate you tuning in tonight live at Commonwealth Stadium. We've been following the Canadian Football League draft. We just had Kyle Saxelid on the show. Offensive lineman drafted by your Edmonton Eskimos. Matthew Betts, D-lineman at Laval, went third overall to the Eskimos in uh, the first round. Uh, Betts could be a really good one. But he's getting a look in the NFL first. He has signed on with the Chicago Bears. He's uh, currently in camp with them. Shane Richards from Oklahoma State went first overall to the Toronto Argos. Now, I'm wrapping up here in a few minutes, so you can keep it on uh, 630Ched.com for all the latest on the Eskimos picks or follow Dave Campbell or Morley Scott on Twitter, and uh, they'll have the full reports for you as we move on throughout the evening. I mentioned earlier Kelly McCrimmon. 
Well, he's out of the running as uh, a potential candidate to be the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. He is staying with the Vegas Golden Knights. He moves up from assistant GM to GM today. That was the news out of Vegas. Now, Brian Burke, former NHL GM, who, by the way, was asked again today by Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now if uh, he wants to be an executive with the Oilers. And for about the 400th time, he said no. He's a broadcaster, and that's where he's staying. Uh, but he did have these thoughts on uh, why he thinks the Oilers GM job is an appealing one. The Edmonton Oilers will have guys lined up around the block for this job. And I'll tell you why. First off, some of the best fans in the NHL. Second, a good owner, a stable owner. He's never going to move that team. He doesn't interfere. And again, you don't have to like the owner. You don't have to say Daryl Cates is my friend. But he's a good owner. He lets the hockey people do the hockey stuff. He's invested heavily in the whole product and in the city and the real estate. So that's stable. This team, Edmonton Oilers, are profitable. So it's not like you have to worry about, can we get some uh, revenue sharing? The team's profitable. you got great fans. you got a full building. you got no money issues. you got a good owner. And you got two of the top 40 players in the National Hockey League. All right, that's a little bit from Brian Burke. You can get the full interview on the Oilers Now page on 630shed.com. So that's what uh, he thinks. Look, people want the job, and there's more than one person who can do the job. Obviously, Kelly McCrimmon, for a lot of people, including me, was the number one choice. He's not the only one who can do the job. Uh, But we're not going to go know how well this person has done or not done the job, probably for a couple of years. I think that's how long it's going to take for him to really put a stamp on the team. Boston has just scored. So they go up 3-1 on Columbus in the third period. Just look at the replay. Corrali gets a rebound off the backboards and beats Bobrovsky. So 3-1 Bruins leading that one. Now less than 12 minutes left in the third period. 11-20 to be exact. Sharks and Avalanche will face off at 8 o'clock. In the NBA tonight, it is uh, the Raptors in trouble here in Game 3, trailing the 76ers 79-68 with five minutes left in the third quarter. That series is tied 1-1. Caitlin Osmond, figure skater, retiring at the age of 23. Pretty good, uh, pretty good resume, though. The Edmonton Oil Kings took Caleb Reimer with their first-round pick in the WHL Bantam draft. He's 6'2", 180, out of Surrey, B.C., played with the Delta Hockey Academy Bantam prep team this past season. Uh, nine picks in all for the Edmonton Oil Kings in the draft. Matthew Savoy out of St. Albert went first overall to the Winnipeg Ice. All right, we are winding her down here at Commonwealth Stadium. Again, keep it on 630Ched.com for uh, all the latest from the CFL Draft. Thanks to our guest tonight. You heard from Eskimos defensive back Jordan Hoover. You heard from Kelly Rudy. And, of course, Morley Scott dropped by a few times as well. And we had Kyle Saxelet just drafted by the Edmonton Eskimos. Hopped on the phone right after getting picked. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our engineer here at Commonwealth Stadium. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. The studio operator this evening is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. I'm back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound tomorrow night. Former Edmonton Oilers goaltender Joaquin Gage will be one of my guests. That'll be fun. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.